You're listening to episode 15 of Audacious K, the podcast. What up, people? Welcome back. Glad to have you, and I'm glad to be back. If you can't tell um, by my voice, I am sick, and I was really, really, really sick last week, so there was just no way I was going to record anything. Um... So a lot of crazy shit has happened since the last time I did an episode. And there's so much of it that I can't possibly fit all the things I want to fit into into one episode. So I kind of want to focus on the political stuff, right? Starting with the fact that House of Cards is fucking back. And no, I have not finished season four yet, but I'm this close and this shit is off the hook. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. But this season, I mean, all the seasons are fantastic, but this show consistently gets better. I cannot think of a better television series than this. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't know anything about how Washington, D.C. works behind the scenes, right? Like, I have my own idea of how ridiculous and conniving it all is, but I feel like this show is giving me the inside scoop and that we're seeing how the sausage is made, and it is nasty. It's disgusting, and it's grimy, and I love it. And what I love most about this series and especially this season is you get to see how desperate people are for power and not even just you know getting actual power that they can do stuff with people are willing to do anything just to get close to power just to get a whiff of it and you see so much of that on display um this season and oh my goodness I love it I love it I love it I love it I can't wait for everybody to finish watching it so we can talk about it so on a related note I want to talk about Donald Trump because this motherfucker is still legitimately the front runner of the Republican Party, okay? And this is a man who is orange. This is a man who has the most fucked up hair any presidential candidate has ever had. Not that that's relevant, but he looks a fucking mess and who wants him representing us as a nation? This is a man who is crass. He is disgusting and has the audacity to be running for president. And I'll be the first to admit, I did not take Donald Trump seriously in the beginning. You know, he's run for president a million times. This Every fucking presidential cycle, Donald Trump is throwing his hat in the ring. It's never really gone anywhere. And, you know, he's just been a joke. But, yes, we do need to take him seriously right now. You know, white supremacists have endorsed this dude. His supporters are... Hitting, kicking, cussing at, spitting on protesters at rallies. 
Um, you know, and this is not turning people off. This is the crazy shit about it. That that stuff is not turning people off. And instead, they're continuing to see Trump as this straight talk guy who just says what's on his mind. He's keeping it real. Yeah, this is the type of dude that they would like to have a beer with, as if that should fucking matter. And the very people who I think should be opposed to Trump are voting for him. It's not just these, you know, I think people have this perception that it's a whole bunch of backwoods, teethless people who, you know, drink Coors Light, you know, packs of Coors Light a day and, 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 and just, they have this image of what they think a Donald Trump supporter would look like. And, and I will argue those people have no business supporting him either, but it's easy to dismiss this sort of trashy, um, underbelly type of person as, as being a Trump supporter when, come on y'all, in order for this dude to be this far ahead, it can't just be those folks who are voting for him. And, you know, more and more indications of this are coming out. Like I read, um, I've seen a couple of columns or pieces in the last week about self-proclaimed Democrats who swear they don't like everything Trump is saying. They don't believe he's going to do all that stuff he says, but they appreciate his candor and they appreciate his business savvy. You know, these are people who, who seem like they're well-informed and they should know better. I mean, you even got folks like slain civil rights leader Mega Evers, um, 94-year-old brother, coming out and saying that he supports Trump because Trump's a businessman and what Mississippi really needs, because this is where, you know, the brother, brother is from, um, and Mississippi needs jobs, and, and Trump would know how to go in ahead and, and, and make, that, make that pop off. And I'm like, dude, Trump is using the same kind of language to rile up the very types of people who murdered your brother, right? Like, so... Fuck the fact that he is allegedly a successful businessman. He, you know, look at what he's saying. Look at who is supporting him. Look at what behaviors are coming out of that. And to bring this down to like a real personal level, people like my black Latina Cuban grandmother, who is twice an immigrant. First she went to Jamaica, then she came to America, um, you know, leaving Fidel Castro's Cuba. People like her, my grandmother, voted early for Donald Trump. People like her seem so invested in what they think America is, you know, especially because they think that they have achieved something in America, that they're somehow suspending the reality that they are the very people Trump is saying this disgusting shit about. And that's why you can have Trump win the Latino vote in Nevada. That's how you can, that's how you have something like that happen is because the very people, it's like the, the very people that Trump is shitting on are, they come here, they've been able to achieve some measure of success. They buy into this idea of the American dream. And if they feel like they got their piece of it, they're suspending reality of who they fucking are and where they came from and what it was like when they first got here. And there's other parts of it too. Like I can say in my grandmother's case, 
And I think in a lot of older Cubans' cases, they have a tremendous fear of government. So for her, any suggestion that there's going to be government involvement in anything is very frightening. But whatever, not to get on a tangent like that, but I, I, it just kills me that some of the very people that he is talking this crazy shit about are people who are, who are listening to his message and they're believing in it and they are casting votes for this man. So, yeah, we need to take uh, we need to take him seriously. And I know there's a lot of people that think there's no chance Trump could win. They think Americans are too smart. They they don't think we're this crazy. And I'm like, what are y'all basing this on? Because if I'm basing it on my three plus decades on this earth. I can't put anything past Americans, nothing. And if I'm basing it on, on history, for goodness sake, then there is nothing that we won't do in the name of America, okay? So I don't put anything past Americans, absolutely nothing. And, you know, again, it's not far-fetched that Americans would end up voting for a president who says in public what a lot of folks out here wish they could say. Um, you know, you got these folks who were like, oh, you know, I'm progressive. I donate to charities. You know, I believe in diversity. But you still want the Mexicans to stay in Mexico. And you want the blacks and everybody else to shut up about racism and police brutality. And you want the people who are leaving Syria to find somewhere else to go. So, you know, we got to take this seriously because Trump is, he is reflecting the ethos of America as far as I'm concerned. And the reason why he's doing so well is because he is speaking to the hearts and the minds of folks out here who would never say this to me or you, but trust and believe they're saying it at their kitchen table. They're saying it when they're out having drinks with their friends. They may even be whispering it to a work colleague. So I'm going to get off of this. Um, but we got to watch this motherfucker because I no longer doubt the validity of his campaign and I think that it is a real possibility he could be the next president of the United States. And now it's time for Kay's Fave. So my favorite thing this week is a new album called In My Mind by BJ the Chicago Kid. This album is amazing, and if you're tired of, you know, dirty R&B, like Trey songs, or if you're tired of some of this whatever-the-hell type of music The Weeknd is doing, um, and just to be clear, I love Trey songs and The Weeknd, um, but if you're tired of that kind of whatever that is, and you're really into R&B that stays true to its roots, and ha but still has, you know, some modern flair, you're going to really dig this album. Um, it's so refreshing to listen to newer music that's, you know, making its way into the mainstream where it's men 
singing about black men, singing about love and relationships and not just using women for sex in exchange for drugs and red bottoms or whatever, because that's really what you hear so much of in mainstream R&B music these days. And look, I know there's music that goes beyond that out here, but I'm specifically talking about the mainstream and what reaches um, broader audiences. And it's so refreshing to... Um, you know, hear this young dude with an amazing, he has an amazing voice. Um, he can harmonize like it's nobody's business. Um, and, and, and you can tell that he really, really has an appreciation for, um, you know, classic soul, blues, even some jazz. It's, it, it's such an amazing album. And I have played this album at least, like, I, I can't even tell you, I have, it has been on repeat. Um, for the last week, this and actually his first release, uh, Pineapple Now Laters, um, they've been on repeat and they make me feel so good and so excited for, um, for R&B. Um, and, and I hope this dude, um, I, I hope he gets, gets a lot of shine. So check out BJ, the Chicago Kids album in my mind. This week's Black Women Wonder is Suma Arzu Brown. Um, she's an Afro-Latina Honduran who wrote a bilingual children's book called Bad Hair Does Not Exist. Um, and she did it because her three-year-old daughter's babysitter referred to, you know, her daughter's hair as pelo malo, which is, you know, bad hair in Spanish. And um, you know, Suma has an older daughter and her older daughter kept asking for straight hair because that's all she kept on seeing on TV. Um, and then because Suma had her hair relaxed and then she's got her daughter asking for straight hair and then a babysitter referring to her child's natural hair as a bad thing, you know, she decided to write this children's book to encourage Afro and multi-racial uh, Latinas to, to love their natural hair. And I thought that was really um, amazing because there's this thing that black folks have, and this is not just, you know, here in the U.S. or in Latin America. Pretty much every freaking black community across the globe that has been subject to white people's standards about what people are supposed to look like deals with this issue of what good hair is and what bad hair is. And you have people who are out here literally thinking that they're unattractive, that they're unworthy, that their hair is bad, that they're inferior um, over the most asinine over the most asinine reasons, because a long time ago, some white people decided that, you know, they got to decide what people should look like. And so I really get encouraged when I hear more and more stories like these of people deciding that, you know what? Okay, fuck it. I might have bought into that. I might have been raised that way, but I'm cutting the shit today, and we're not going to do that anymore. So shout out to Suma Arzu Brown for writing this children's book. Please check out her site, badhairdoesnotexist.com, to learn more about her children's book. 
um, to check out some really cute pictures of Afro-Latina girls um, or in her photo gallery and to learn more about what she's trying to do to encourage Afro-Latina girls to embrace their natural beauty. All right, so last weekend I was supposed to go out of town to celebrate some old friends who were, they were celebrating some big life changes. Um, And it actually would have turned out to be a mini college reunion of five formerly close friends. You know, we, we had an amazing time in college. We held each other down. You know, it's those types of friendships that you make that you think are going to last forever because you just are, it's your crew, you know? And um, I agreed to, you know, go out of town and, and participate in a celebration initially. And then I backed out. You know, part of it was because I wanted to stay close to home and deal with um, a potential, you know, family issue that seemed like it was going to come up. But it it wouldn't have killed me to have been, you know, a few hours away for a day or two. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And one thing I'm hyper aware of right now is how I spend my time and who I spend my time with. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk candidly about the year that I spent at a job that was a really horrible fit for me. And how much time I felt like I wasted, how much time I felt like I lost working at that job. Um, You know, giving up every night and every weekend, a once thriving social um, and professional life, um, you know, that was full of great dinners and travel and cookouts and spades and all these just amazing things that I love to do went down the drain because I spent my basically prime hours at work. So coming out of that, I'm really particular about how I spend my time. Um, I don't like for it, I didn't like for it to be wasted then, but I'm hypersensitive to it now. And I also think that the fact that I'm approaching a milestone birthday has something to do with this hypersensitivity, you know, when it comes to time. So I didn't go to this celebration because I didn't feel like it was going to be a good use of my time. And... Let me get, you know, real about the dynamics of this situation. None of the people I was going to go and celebrate have ever come to visit me a single time in over 10 years. Um, You know, we all did go to college together in the same state. Some of us moved away. Some of us moved back, you know, whatever it is. Um, No one has ever come to visit me since we all finished college and got, you know, our real adult lives underway, not, not once, not to celebrate a birthday, not when I bought my home, not even to just come and hang out um, and visit a homie for the weekend. And so after I agreed to go to this, um, this celebration, I started to feel conflicted. I wasn't looking forward to going. And, you know, I, I felt like I was doing it out of obligation, I I didn't feel comfortable with it. And I sat down and really asked myself, why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? What can you even give them if you're not feeling going? And what are you really going to get out of this? So before I, I even 
go on, I, I want to be really clear. There's no hard feelings um, here. All of these women are lovely. We have great history together. We had amazing times back in the day. We held each other down in more ways that, that, than I can even express. Um, and every one of us has turned out to be an incredible woman in, in our own ways. We're thriving, we're doing well, and I love them, and I wish them well. I don't have any doubts whatsoever that they wish me well. But that doesn't mean that I need to make concerted efforts um, to, or, or, you know, or expel energy into celebrating people who have not made the effort to celebrate me. And the thing about long bonds, whether they're formed through biology, you know, they are family, or, um, you know, or choosing your, your friends in, in, in new family, whether it's work colleagues, all of these long-term relationships have to be re-examined periodically. This is something that I'm having to remind myself of because we don't have infinite time and energy and resources. So it's crazy to not be reassessing whether or not relationships are meaningful enough for us to continue to invest in them. And that's what 2016 is going to be be about for me. Um, it's deciding what to invest in, who to invest in, you know, who and what to divest from. Um, and a lot of people may be surprised when they learn that I can't continue to invest in our relationship. And it's not because they're bad people. It's not because they did anything wrong. Um, it's not because I don't love them or care about them. It's because I love myself more. I know that I'm dangerously close to spreading myself too thin by trying to make space for people and things that really don't fit into my life. And I'm just not trying to participate in things that don't serve my life well. And, you know, as I'm getting older, I think one of the coolest things about this aging situation is you get clearer and then you get real clear on what serves you well and what doesn't. Um, and I understand how recipro how important reciprocity is for me. Um, I don't go into human relationships just because I want to gain a specific like thing out of it. Um, this is a bit of an aside, but I think that's one of the things that makes professional networking so uncomfortable for me is when you go to places and you have to intentionally engage people when you really don't give a fuck about them, you're not interested in them, but you need to talk to them or you whatever. It's, it, it, I don't like that because it feels usury in a way. And I don't, I don't like to approach, um, my relationships with people in an opportunistic way. Um, but I, I believe that reciprocity is, you know, like one of the building blocks of any kind of successful human relationship. And there comes a point in time with, again, whether it's old friends or, you know, a romantic partner or family members or, you know, work or whatever it is, if you feel like you have given and to to um be specific to like this situation I'm talking about with celebrating this group of friends I definitely feel like I've given in the last 10 plus years even when I've you know lived out of state 
I can't tell you how many baby showers I've been to. I can't tell you how many times I've driven to see folks just to hang out because it was their birthday or they wanted to celebrate or whatever it was. I've always tried to be a present um, friend and wasn't going to let distance get in the way of that, especially with folks that you have known for a really, really long time. So just to tie that all in, um, it's, it's kind of like reciprocity is you need that if you're going to have long-term, you know, sustainable, positive relationships. And if you get to a point where you're the one doing most of the giving and you don't feel like you're getting support or encouragement or whatever it is that you need in a relationship to work for you, does it matter that you've known people for 15 or 20 years? Does it matter that you've known them for a lifetime? Could it be that, you know, that relationship was there for a time? And maybe that's not a right, a relationship that you need in your life anymore. And again, it doesn't have to, it, it, there's no hard feelings about it and there's no, um, animosity. There's none of that, but it's, you know, our lives go in different directions. And if you want something to work, you have to invest the resources into it. The time, the energy, the plane ticket, the bus ticket, the gas money, whatever it is, you have to invest that in if you want the relationship to work. So I think that this situation it it, kind of the timing was really perfect for me because I've been spending the last few months just really thinking about what type of life do I want to live? Who do I want to have in that life? You know, what feels good? What, what has been hurtful? What has been, you know, all these different things. And when I look around at some of the best relationships that I have with people, some of them are not 10 years. Some of them are one year. Um, Some of them are a few months. Some of them are a couple of years. And it's really because, sure, time absolutely helps you, you know, grow things um, and, 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 and cultivate a relationship. But it's about who is present, who is there for you through ups, through downs, to celebrate you, um, you know, just to be in your corner. And if somebody I've known for six months has been in my corner, then that's where I'm going to invest my energy. And I'm going to prioritize that over investing my energy and time into someone that I have known for almost 20 years, just because we've known each other for 20 years. And I don't think it means that when you decide to deprioritize a relationship, um, again, be it a friendship or romantic relationship, familial, whatever, that you won't ever come back to it. I don't think those kinds of um, separations have to be permanent necessary, necessarily, but I do think that you've got to do it if you feel like your needs aren't being met, or if, again, if you feel like you're constantly, constantly giving, but you're not ever on the receiving end of any kind of um, loving gestures or supportive gestures or whatever it may be. So that's, that is a big thing for me in 2016. And 
I hope that this experience can help somebody out there because I know it's a lot of folks out here who are in relationships, who are in friendships, who are in whatever that isn't serving them well, who feel like they stay putting out energy, but they always feel like they're getting the short end of the stick. Something isn't quite quite clicking. Um, and it's okay to move on from that stuff. And it doesn't have to be a big blow up. It doesn't have to be some, there doesn't have to be some major event where y'all can't stand each other and you're not fucking with each other anymore. Sometimes your life just goes in different directions and you have to know um, when it's time to move on. Thanks for listening. Uh, Next week, I'll be back with a special guest. And in the meantime, you can like, comment, and review this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to share it. If you have comments, questions, and especially suggestions about topics you'd like to hear, you can always email me at theaudaciousk at gmail.com. Adios.